0: Good line time for Jones. Miller, a wide open three at the top. Got another one. Murray State has pulled off the opening round. But the most important thing for this Murray State team is at the buzzer. They win it.
1: What's up guys we are back from break and returning to podcasting to highlight what's been going on in the world of murray state athletics since the fall semester ended this is blake sandlin sports editor of the murray state news and as always i'm joined by my staff of keith jaco keenan hall adam redfern and gage johnson we also have a new guest in nigel walton to provide some analysis on murray state football so uh guys let's go ahead and get into it uh let's go and start with football um obviously the season's ended uh, months ago, but there has been some news the past few weeks with some uh, transfers that have, um, that have signed with the Racers. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, Nigel, he actually plays on the football team, so no one probably knows better than him on this particular subject. Um, but Nigel, go ahead and talk about, to us a little bit about these transfers that football got over the past few weeks.
2: All right, we the first transfer we have, we have Terrence Corbett, a transfer from Troy. He plays defense in and he transferred from Troy due to the lack of playing time. And in the Murray State football draft that Murray State has just started that we will be doing on Friday is called Derby Days. He got drafted in round 6 out of 12. Another transfer we have is Alec Long. He's from Memphis. He plays outside linebacker, and he says he is joining the workouts and is ready for more. And the last transfer we have is Daquan Green from Florida, and he got drafted in round 2 of the Derby Days Murray State draft.
3: Nigel, why don't you tell us a
2: little bit about, like, what that draft is and, like, maybe what y'all plan on doing. All right. So from the draft, Coach Stewart, he sat us down, he said we will have a competition just so we can have a little fun on Fridays, actually get better as the week goes along. He said he's going to have us 12 rounds, two members on each team. He will have a leader and a co-leader, and he put them in a room by themselves. Well, all the members of the captains, he put them all in a room by themselves. He had a little draft board making it seem real. After every draft, he will come out back into the little Paddock where we were all sitting as if we were the draftees. He would tell us so and so got drafted with the first selection team one to this team, and so and so. That's awesome, man.
3: Like, do you know anything about like the competitions that you guys might be
2: doing? Or? The competitions will range from speed, weight, any mental, any kind of mental kind of strength, like mental mental toughness, maybe? yes, mental, anything like that. Just anything to see whose team is better, and by the time the end of the competition the team who has the most points will get a free dinner. That's awesome. Yeah, no, Did y'all do anything like this
1: it. last year? No this is the first, first
2: time first we've done it. They have done something like this similar before I came to Murray State. I'm a junior here so they were doing things like this the like two years prior to me coming okay. here. So
1: so talk a little bit about these recruits. I know uh, you said Dequan Green right? Yes. Um, he's out of Florida so yes. um, do you know I mean he was a four-star I think coming out so I mean obviously there's some potential there in a high ceiling I wonder if there are any you know some character issues or I don't know if we really know his situation do you know anything why he transferred uh, from Florida originally
2: I really don't know why he transferred but character issues I doubt he has um, mm-hmm. he actually is yes he actually stays with me in the stations really so talking to him he seems pretty chill pretty down he's ready to work he's ready to get to it and I think he's one of the best so we'll see. For
1: sure. And, I mean, that's, those, that recruiting class is big after last season. Obviously, an uh, um, overwhelming finish from what people expected Picked to finish last. Um, what was that season like for you? I mean, I don't know what your expectations were coming into the year. They probably weren't very high, depending on, I mean, just based on what happened the year before. Um, well, I mean, what was that year like for you just kind of watching how you guys kind of exceed expectations?
2: Well, last year, as a team, we felt like we didn't do – what we should have. We didn't finish the season right because going into the Tennessee Tech game we didn't practice as much and we kind of took the game off and taking the game off we lost to Tennessee Tech as we shouldn't have. So from Tennessee Tech that momentum kind of carried over and playing Jacksonville State we didn't play our best. But then we bounced back when we played Seaman we did the miracle at Murray. We were down 30 to set 30 to seven going to half so we only had have like a one percent chance of winning and we pulled it out with malik Honeycutt taking the kick return back for the game winner what yeah. was it like on like the sidelines when oh. like you
3: know when you guys were watching that i mean it had to be crazy You're right on
2: the side, i was actually on the sideline while he was returning it and when you first see him catch it he's running to the right you thinking oh it's probably oh, oh catch the ball get down so we yeah. can just throw a hill yeah, mary sure. but he catches it he cuts back to the left, you see a great block from Quinas Turner, and then Honeycutt turns it up the middle, and you're thinking, oh, he might get caught, but he turns on the Jets, and the kicker came and catch him, and it's just psyched on the sideline, we're jumping up and down, everybody's just excited for each other. I bet that was awesome, yeah.
1: Now, I had heard that, like, I think someone else was going to come in for kick return, and I think uh, Malik said he wanted to stay in, do you? I, you did okay. I did not oh, hear that. Oh man. <laughs> I heard that he had, he had chosen to stay in and basically that happened, so I just I mean that's just confidence in yourself. Yes. I mean if that that was the case. But um
2: He was the, one of our better kick returners, punt returners for the season, so Right. Yes.
1: For sure. Um okay. um so Nigel, I wanted to ask about Coach Stewart a little bit. I know he got the extension this year. Yes. Some people were unsure whether or not he would get an extension just because of the that's fact that I mean the record in the past. Yes. Um, can you talk a little bit about Coach Stewart and what he brings to the program and your feelings on the extension.
2: Alright so basically people were worried about the extension but Coach Stewart really got this team better from the last the first two years I've been here. We weren't as good but Coach Stewart got us better. He kept reiterating the same things over and over and over. This year our uh, motto was to find a way and we found a way in whatever we did. This year our motto will be one Because we were down 1%, and we got to find the 1% and everything to be better each each day and so on. Sure. I will say that one thing I noticed for Coach Stewart is that he really got his players to buy it this year. There's a lot of, uh, like with
4: Quincy and those guys that were leaders on the field and off the field, uh, he did a good job of reiterating the fact that if his team buys it in, that there will be success, and there, it happened. I mean, the, the four-game win streak and capping off a best season in almost 10 years, that
2: I think that had a lot to do with coach Stewart that people would like to admit yes and him getting those seniors to buy in he basically made them set the foundation for what can happen around here at Murray State University and we actually got a winning spirit around here now again and it feels good to have fans actually that can support us and actually believe in us when we play so
1: most definitely um, and from that let's go on from football to baseball a little bit I know they're starting up uh, I think next week um, so, Gates' new program, obviously under Dan Skurka, after Kevin Mulder um, was fired last year. That's, I mean, preview what's what's changing, what's to come, and, and kind of this signaling changing of the guard. Uh, what changes come with that?
4: Well, I haven't yet to talk to him, so I can't I can't give you like per like personal what he expects for this upcoming season. But this is going to be completely different. This is going to be a total revamp from what's typical, because. First, you have the uh, the schedule. I was glancing at that earlier. There's no ranked opponents. Last year we faced two or three in, I think it was Kentucky, and then we almost beat Ole Miss last year. Then I'd say four or five of our best – I'm trying to think of who all were. Grant Wood, Davis Sims, uh, Brandon Gutzler, all are gone. They were all – Sims was, I want to say, second all-OVC. Gutzler was first all-OVC, and Grant Wood was the uh, OVC freshman of the year. All three of them have transferred or graduated. Gutzler graduated, Sims transferred to WKU, and Wood transferred to a JUCO school back home so he could try to get drafted earlier because he would have had to wait another year if he stayed here. So you have a whole, basically revamped the lineup. You bring in some of the final recruits from uh, Mulder still, and then you still have the same, we have a bunch of red shirts that I didn't didn't know about, so that'll be something to look into to see what they can kind of do, and then out of these seniors that we have, only three of them played regularly last year, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all kind of unfolds.
1: Yeah, so presumably it's going to be a rebuild year. Um, We haven't talked about this, but what did you feel, how did you feel about uh, Colts Mulder not having his contract renewed with the school? Do you think that was the best decision? I know it wasn't a terrible terrible year for them, but um, obviously choosing to renew a contract would probably um, put them in a situation where, maybe they didn't have much ceiling, much room yeah, to was,
4: improve. There was quite a bit of controversy around it, because I think he posted something on Twitter like a week after getting fired about the something that Alan Ward said when he fired him. I think it had to do with academic issues. He posted something about it saying that that was false, whatever. And then after that happened, I've talked to some players here and there that were upset that he's gone, or some recruits that I know were being right. interested here were interested because of Mulder. So... It's different, But then in the same sense, Skirka has already signed a crap ton of guys since he got here, so it's not like they lost like, a load of recruits. But just some people seemed really interested in him, and then there's – I've heard both sides. I've heard a lot of people liked him, and then i heard a lot of people disliked him. So uh, – but from what I can gauge, a lot of players like Skirka and <laughs> – and the, uh, the local interest from having Skirka. Cause Skirka was here before. Okay. He was a recruiting coordinator for two or three years here. Then he went to a community college, and s- at that community college, he sent them to the JUCO national championship two or three times, and sent at least twenty guys to the pros. I think is what it was said. Well, so it's not bad. Uh, I'd like. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see what he's got in store for him.
1: Um, so from that, let's move forward to track. I know they competed. Last weekend, um, and then the weekend before that, what's been going on in track at?
3: Uh, well, so they've been doing a couple of meets. And I talked to Kiesler, and uh, Kiesler told me that a lot of the, the kids are doing a, uh, doing like their off events, and like what that means is like they're, so they every person has like something they specialize in, whether that's sixty meters, hundred meters, long distance, short distance, stuff like that. Um, he said that uh, they're really taking advantage of all these places, like the facilities that these uh, places have. Like they went to Bloomington. Sure. Charleston there, and what they're doing is, like towards the beginning of the season, I think he wants to you know challenge these peep, challenge the, the team, to do events they're not you know normally trained for, and see how they perform in those. Along with you know the events that they normally train for, and I think that towards the uh towards the middle and towards the, like when they get to the OVC championship, you're going to see a lot of the the people start to get more into the things that more into the events that they uh prefer to do, what they've trained for. So. But, I mean, like, even with this, you know, they've had a lot of success in these events. Like, Tamra Lawrence, she won the 60-meter dash in Bloomington. So, I mean, I mean, there are some big teams there. So, I mean, it's got to be impressive. But, there's a lot of success with, uh, like, when it comes to jumping because Jessica Ribeiro, she won the high jump, and Ashlyn Oren finished right behind her. So, I mean, like, you know, they're having pretty good success. And Oren and Ribeiro both, they swapped on the long jump where Oren finished first and Ribeiro finished second. So, I mean, I mean they're having success, so it'll be interesting to see as more of the season goes
1: along when they, where the team gets more into their specified events. Most definitely. And, I mean, you've been talking to Keesler, like you said. What's been his kind of uh, his take on them, basically, how this team has performed? This he's, is the second year in the role.
3: He's pretty happy. I mean, he, he's, like he said, like the off events, even when they're participating in these off events, they're still doing, like, really well. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think he just really wants to get to see more of the team and more what the team's capable of. As an overall standpoint because you know he, going in the OVC Championship you know he, there might be an event that somebody specializes in but they just know they're not going to be able to participate like win. they're not they're not going to finish they're not going to place in the podium but on an off event they may be able to
1: the podium so yeah, it's just something he's trying to gauge sure. and track one of the few teams competing right now another yeah. one of those teams is rifle they started up uh, their spring slate uh, this past weekend against Jacksonville State. Keenan, tell me what's been going on there. I know they won this weekend. Um, what did you get out of that match?
0: Uh, well, it was another dominating performance by the racers. Uh, Barbara Schlaffer was the leading uh, shooter in yeah, small board and air rifle. Uh, Mackenzie Martin finished right behind her. And uh Mary State finished with uh, four of the five top uh, spots for a uh, total score. So, I mean, it was another. That's another typical weekend for Race Rifle, honestly. Uh, got a big uh, Invitational coming up this weekend with uh, seven schools, five out of the seven schools that are competing in the Invitational are ranked. So uh, with Murray State being the second highest in Kentucky, University of Kentucky being the highest ranked in that uh, Invitational. So they uh, shot against Kentucky earlier in the season. They uh, failed to outshoot them. But i uh, pretty sure they're looking forward to getting another shot at them this weekend. Uh, they're shooting starting on Friday morning at 9 a.m. at Patsburg and Rifle Range and uh, Sunday morning, I believe, Sunday afternoon. not sure we'll get the times there uh, shortly there. But um, uh, right after that, they have the OEC Championships the first week of February, uh, which I mean, it's looking like they're probably one of those, again, for the third straight year. So sure. it's looking, looking bright for us. I mean,
1: this seems like this, this coming <coughs> weekend with the Withrow Invitational seems almost like a tune-up match for. That I mean, that's basically where you're gonna, I mean, elevate your competition to where you really needs to be come that OBC championship weekend. Right. Should be fun. Yeah, most definitely. And with that, we will move on to women's basketball. Um, obviously, a lot's been missed over uh, the break. They've been competing. Same with the men. Um, not quite had the same level of success the men have had. Struggled through conference play and non-conference. Um, Gage, you're a women's basketball writer. So tell us a little bit about um, what you took from that, from the non conference and and early on in this conference play.
4: Over the break, they had against Kentucky and Tennessee, they had some fairly big opponents, and they were not expected to win. Frankly put, Coach Turner said they were money games and got a new locker room out of it, but it was something for them because as women's basketball those are two of the highest programs in NCAA history so for them it's something they get they've grown up watching I mean Pat Sutton a legend you got to play on her court and they got that experience out of it and then got to play and then some of them did fantastic yeah guys. didn't uh out bio have like a 30 point yeah, she game against 20, 28 and 5 against Tennessee and then I think she had a double double against Kentucky too not that's impre- sure. I mean that's
3: impressive Twenty for... and
4: twenty nine against Kentucky. So I mean That's good numbers for yeah. and she's at the, major. She's at the forefront of being the OVC player of the year in my opinion right now. I mean, she's second leading scorer in the conference, leads the conference in rebounding. She's snagged almost every O V C newcomer award there is right now. I mean, averaging a double double is just ridiculous. Twenty she's and boss. ten. It just doesn't matter.
1: And despite her her success early on. Uh, the team has kind of failed to to pick up the slack. I mean, mm-hmm. after after Macy Turley and, and Evelyn, there hasn't been a ton of scoring. Wow. Um, one person I think has really underperformed to this point has been Janika Griffith Wallace. I mean, she um, came in last year. I mean, as a as a promising promising piece. Um, obviously, KJ kind of called the shots in that offense. But um, as far as a scoring threat, mm-hmm. hasn't haven't really seen a lot there. Um, do you think? that she's going to blossom as as conference play continues or what do you think has been the issue
4: there i like the when she seems to have the most success it sounds ridiculous considering she's considered a point guard but the most success she's had is when she's off the ball i feel as though as when she's had the ball in her hands she feels like she has to do something with it she has to be the one to get to the rim or she has to force a shot she like she's she's very skilled and she has a lot of handles, but she tends to try and do too much sometimes. And that can lead to either forced shots or just turnovers that are just outlandish. That's that's what the the team struggles with most, obviously, is turnovers. I mean, almost 18 a game is just ridiculous by any means. That's not the worst in the conference, which is say, still, that still blows me away. But that's still absolutely awful because it turns into 20 points off turnovers or more every game. And then Turner stressed to do that, and second chance points is has been a big problem for them this year despite having Evelyn on the boards they just for whatever reason cannot get any defensive rebounds
1: sure and uh with that let's move on a little bit to talk about Belmont obviously um Belmont week is huge for the school with probably oh, our yeah. biggest I mean definitely our biggest rivalry in the OVC um they almost knocked them off I think in the regular season last year yeah. right yeah so, they kept I them mean, close not the same success in the OVC tournament um, but it was close at that point a little bit, yeah. a little bit too. Um, what do you think about this matchup this year? Do you think it'll it'll uh, be any different, or how do you? What's your take on that?
4: Uh, I like the the way the stage is set. I like us having the home advantage, and then Belmont—they're obviously the, the defending champions in the conference for women's, but they're also having a down year mm-hmm. as far as records. I think uh-huh, Belmont's God. second for women's uh, takes first. Yeah, they're six and 0. so it's not the same level of success, but. Uh, it would be interesting to see with the new players that we have compared to last year, obviously, and then to see what Janika can do. Because Janika and Brianna are the only ones that really returned from that that last year's season that played a lot. So it will be nice to see what we can do against Belmont. I'd like to see how Evelyn responds to it because she's, she's got that spotlight on her now, especially with Macy here in the last few weeks. Because sure. ever since Simo, she's just been on a tear, even though she struggled at the beginning of the SIUE game. But... Uh, and then I'm still interested to see what Coach Turner's gonna do as far as depth because she stressed after the SIUE game things were gonna change because of their effort that was mm-hmm. put forth in that game and then they've just been struggling since since Macy Gibson's injury and then Deja Outlaws had an injury at times and then we've been able we've just been unable to find that, that help off the bench, that little spark that we seem to have at least a little early on in the season.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things that I've really been thinking about lately is when you look at leadership on that team, who is who is that leader? Maybe I don't know. the vocal leader, yeah. at least. I mean, even if you wanted to call Macy That's the, thing. the I, leader on the floor, but she obviously isn't the most most talkative. So I yeah. mean, not the you need a vocal leader on your team per se. If Definitely. if everyone yeah. wants to lead by, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't you don't have to have yeah. one. But it's very I mean, odd. It yeah. seems
4: like because it seems like they're all connected on defense. Like their defense is not awful. Right. Like, it's a good. It's a solid defense. It's just to the point where it doesn't matter because they can't make enough shots. But you still, I don't know, like when they're playing defense, they still don't talk that much either. It doesn't seem like. In,
3: in practice, you know, Blake, you've been there. There's not like a girl that that stands out above the rest that says, like, you know, that takes responsibility. Right. Like, you know, it's never, I don't know, like it's, like, you know, you have a bunch of freshmen that are out there performing well, like with Macy Turley and, you have Janika, not Janika, uh, Adebayo, who's, of course, leading the team in points, and neither of them are outspoken at all. Right. You know, they're both just people that are to themselves, and they more let their game do the speaking. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, Turner's definitely, she, I feel like she's trying to take over the role as the outspoken leader,
1: Maybe. but as a coach, you, you know, it's kind You'd of you like tough. to see your players. You'd like to up, see your sure. players, you know, lead, by example. So, so they will tip off at 5 o'clock against Belmont. Um, following them, the men's basketball team, which has been on a tear lately, uh, seven-game win streak, it will be on the line when they take on Belmont, who uh, is coming off a win against Tennessee Tech, but uh, before that, lost a game to Jacksonville State, their second loss to state on the year. Um, it's a dangerous Belmont team, and obviously the um, the ticket sales reflect that. I mean, this is it's slated to be a sellout crowd. Um, obviously, with Seth Greenberg and. Uh, ESPNU coming in, it's it's going to be a great atmosphere, and I know some people have likened it to those 2012 years. So, and, mm-hmm. I mean, with with Cam and, and with the excitement that was around uh, the program, say with Cam, those 2012 mm-hmm. years um, with Isaiah that 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 kind of kind of uh, prompted that kind of excitement around the program. So, um, open it up to you all, what's I mean, does this feel different? in past years? I mean, in terms of the excitement around the program, have you all noticed that at all? Yeah. And every
3: person Absolutely. I talked to has said they're going.
0: Yeah. It's just nuts. Yeah, I was here uh, I think my first year here was Cam's last year okay. playing. And, uh, I mean, it was a pretty exciting year. I mean, of course, we all had you know, NCAA aspirations. You know, we thought we were going to make the tournament. You know, Belmont had other ideas that year, but um, uh, it's just something about this team It's, it's very different, you know. John Moran, he's and it's there. I mean, it's unstoppable way at times, and yeah. his teammates really just show.
4: That's the thing that like so. I like about them so much is they seem so connected. You can see it off the court when they're out, out about on campus, they're all together. Or when they're eating lunch, they all they seem like they all enjoy each other's company, and it seems to show on the court too. Very connected group.
0: Chemistry is very high with this team.
4: I'm excited to see the morant Windler matchup. Because Windler was voted the preseason OVC Player of the Year, and a lot of people were upset about that, and well, I mean, I w- I'd like to see how that goes. I I thought I don't th- not saying that Wendler shouldn't have won it like outright, but I there were a lot of people that felt Morant should have gotten it, and if you go by NBA draft boards, that shows that.
1: I think decade, I mean just I think they probably just went by statistics in that regard. And yeah, I mean, naturally when you're looking at. Stats Jaws 12 6 and 6 while impressive yeah it's, tough to it's not yeah, to score the same 18 or 19 a game um, last year so I mean I get it um, I agree that that jaw probably could have been preseason but I mean I just interested to see if he I'm
4: interested to see if he takes a chip on that yeah if he takes it into that I'm game sure,
1: I'm sure I mean I'm sure that's kind of what he's done his whole career that's kind of how he's been propelled to this oh, yeah. year, to this point I mean, this guy's been under recruited um, his whole life so I mean uh, I think it's
4: I still don't understand how scouts don't see him when he's on the same team as Zion Williamson yeah. in AAU. Right. It just doesn't make sense to them. Well, I mean, we kind of skipped
1: through a lot there. Um, I guess I can provide a little bit of analysis on this, but um, they went through their, obviously, their non-conference and conference schedule over break. Uh, mm-hmm. Predominantly their non-conference schedule with meetings against Alabama and Auburn. Um, close matchups there. I think um, Racer fans would have liked us. Seeing the team get at least one, one of the two I games, mean. and they were within reach. Um, I think even Alabama came down to the wire, um, and obviously, so did Auburn with that uh, last last minute push. But um, from your all's perspective, did you think? I mean, what was your take on those games? Did they leave you confident in the team, or maybe looking for a little bit more coming into? Uh, yeah. Into, into Especially
4: the especially the Auburn game because, like, we have the best three point defense in the league. And that was the one time that someone beat us when yeah. it comes to three-point percentage. But we still – they scored 93, we scored 88. We were right there along with them. Right. Which, at the time, Auburn was ranked seventh, I believe. So, I mean, we're right up there with one of the top offenses in the country. And so, like – and then that was that was one of the bigger games where Darnell showed out and KJ all were big factors.
1: Right. And that's when we needed them. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're going to have Morant. It's going to get his every single game. But, I mean, I think the difference in games like that, and will be the difference in – in Thursday's game is when you have somebody that, not named John That's yeah, Secondary and, scoring. Yeah, it can give you like KJ against Eastern or yeah Eastern Illinois. Yeah, fourteen, and 14 rebounds and I think
4: fourteen points, yeah, sixteen rebounds, something
1: like that. I mean, that kind of stat line that's huge when when you see defenders get on jaw. I mean, that's a big reason why he's the I mean by why KJ Williams leads the net, leads the OVC in field goal percentage. Yeah. Um, I mean, when jaw setting him up the way he is. It's tough to take bad shots, when I mean, you're going to have do- defenders double team. Even
4: on, on showed there. a little jumper at SIUE. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I didn't know he had that in his repertoire.
1: Yeah, let's talk a little bit, little bit about SIUE. Um, not, I mean, definitely a surprise, I would say. Yeah. I mean, for everybody, I like guess five and twelve SIUE. I know um, for me and my pocketbook, paid the price on that a little bit, <laughs> thinking that uh, fourteen point spread against SIUE, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you all were surprised, but what specifically surprised you about uh, the Cougars and, and their energy in that game?
4: I mean, first was Williford. Yeah. Williford That's just lit us up. Like, it was ridiculous. Right. Sure. And then I've never – like, the way we play screens, we always have the hedge and then our bigs get right back to them. I've never seen someone split our screens like that so easily, mm-hmm. like our help. Like, usually they get stopped by the wall, they look back to the big, our guy's already back there. This one, Williford, he just – like he would, he wouldn't wait to run into Breon or whoever was waiting off that screen. He would split it and come right. through, and he's finding someone else or he's getting to the rim. Because like, I mean, he had 11 free throws in the game too. So like, he he was finding whatever he wanted to do that night.
1: I mean, man, even talked about it. Like they tried different looks on the screen, whether it was to hedge or or to go under or whatever. But but he made them pay on each and every oh, yeah. every time. So I mean, that was that was what was crazy about that. But I mean. Um, I thought our effort wasn't there maybe at the beginning yeah. um, at least not to their level especially
4: I mean, if, rebounding yeah
1: I mean that's what I'm referring to specifically I mean, offensive rebounding they, they kind of hit us in the mouth in that area yeah we were ready for that and, and trailed most of most of the first half I think and uh, you
0: can see they took that matchup kind of personally for sure yeah and it, it showed him with his play so
1: yeah and that was the team that lost to uh, 35, lost by like 35 to Jacksonville State. Yeah. So you can tell they had it
4: circled on their calendar. I at guess. least at least Williford definitely did. I think he, I think Williford seemed like the guy that really wanted to try and keep up with Jaw, sure. wanted that matchup, that,
1: and that big of, name. He, and Jaw, obviously, I mean, he kind of overshadowed it. Yeah. I mean, he they a got a little heated points, at but the
4: but end, too. They, yeah, they, they were going back and forth with each other. But
1: that, I mean, that was a fun game. We didn't expect it to be, and I mean, for the – um, for the fans that that packed the house, and when it was basically the interstate was shut down. I yeah. Mean, so I mean, the John Morant show is is real. You know, everybody wants to come yeah. come and get a get a piece while we. It's crazy.
4: For first person in twenty seasons, forty, ten, and five. Yeah. That's just. It's crazy. And then twenty-one free throws. What's that? Twenty-one free. was like an eighty. was like an eighty percent free throw shooter on the season. Goes in his twenty-one free throws.
1: It's funny because like Casually. all these areas that Someone we maybe think that he's not the strongest at, like free throws yeah. and threes, he'll go in and, and bury. Him. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't. he was
4: three of nine. At first half he was a lot better, but sure. I mean he took yeah, a lot more in the, the second half. half. Mm-hmm. But still, three of nine's still not that bad either. That's still a decent three point shooter. It's
1: respectable. Sure. And um, we kind of talked about that Belmont matchup a little bit, but let's get into it a little bit before we close. Um, what do you think the best matchup is? Um, in terms of containing Windler, is it is it Chad Buchanan on him? Oh yeah, um, I think it definitely Shaq. Yeah,
3: okay. just to allow, so like I mean, to like irritate him. Yeah, Windler's there's sure. you know, he's good. He's obviously good. And then if you if you guard him with Jaw, Jaw might get a little tired because he plays forty minutes a game. Like he, play, he averages, average what thirty eight, thirty nine yeah. minutes a game. He carries
4: a big load on offense. Yeah, that's so, I mean, so,
3: what so I'm, so I'm saying. Like if you put Buchanan on them. Because Buchanan, he's a good spot-up shooter, so he can catch his breath, you know, on the three-point line from Garden Windler, you know, just getting under his ear. And Shaq is great at getting at people and getting people just a little bit off their game to the point where they get frustrated. So I'd like to see that, honestly.
1: I agree. Yeah,
4: Yeah, because I don't know who else you could keep up with him. Because, I mean, you could put somebody with more height on him, but the speed-wise, I don't know how you go about it because I just don't think they could get out to the perimeter better than Shaq could.
1: I agree. I mean... KJ, probably too that's slow. What, yeah, that's, that's what I was say. Option, that's your other option, probably. Uh, yeah. and then, unless you went to, to Tevin or something. Then that the the only
4: the thing percentage. I could think is if they ended up doing one of those zones that they tried to run against SIUE. They did, I think it was like a 1-2-2 or something like that. Oh, did they? Yeah. It, it was a few possessions they tried it when Tyrese was lighting them up. Be interesting to see. Try to mix up Belmont. Because, I mean, obviously Rick Bird's a good coach. So throw something different at him Most definitely.
1: And, and Belmont, I mean, they're not just Dylan Wendler. They've got uh, two other guys that average double-figure scoring and one guy that's right on the fringe with, well, I think, nine a game. So, yeah. um, just like us, they're pretty balanced. Um, they've got their star, but they've also got good role players that um, that can make teams pay. Different so.
4: path than last year, too. I mean, they're still different from a year ago, too, because, I mean, you lose all those guys that they lost in Egekeze, and I think, who else was it that graduated?
1: Uh, Austin Luke. Yeah. Their point and guard. Then they, I mean, he, he killed us I mean, year.
4: they seem to be really – Really impressive when they beat UCLA, but now we know that the Pac is hot steaming garbage. For sure. <laughs> They're the so, style, so for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just, just like we are. So. Yeah. Better but then than uh, and then they ended but then they ended up losing an O V C play to start and that shocked everybody. Yeah. The Jacksonville State game.
1: It's gonna be interesting. We've got I think a game against JSU and a game against Belmont. So um, we win at least even one of the two, I think we win the yeah. conference conference championship.
4: A bit, I think a big thing for us against Belmont I want to see is if tevin gets back on track which I, yeah. I i believe he will but he i think it said he was 0 of his last 13 threes 15. 15 after just spraying teams like mm-hmm. it was no other the home game will probably do him justice. oh yeah that's yeah. what I would think so too I'd like to see i i feel like he's due for a big night i feel like if you put that you put that pressure on jaw tevin's right there along waiting for his his corner three with that quick release yeah I agree
1: there I get cut. Alright, so we're all obviously looking forward to it. That game will tip off at eight o'clock on Thursday night. And we will see if the Racers can remain unbeaten in OVC play and bring their winning streak to eight games. So that'll do us today. Uh, here in the newsroom. We appreciate you listening and we'll see you next yeah, we'll see you next Monday. Yeah. Okay. Next Monday. We appreciate you listening and we'll see you next Monday.